Fundraising everywhere. 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 You need to add me in there. Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we dive deeper into select topics and we give you a glimpse of one of our amazing webinars or conferences. My name's Simon Scriver. I'm one of the co-founders of Fundraising Everywhere, and I'm here to tell you that you can get a 50% discount on any of our stuff by using the code FEPODCAST. Yep, use the discount code FEPODCAST when you're at fundraisingeverywhere.com and you'll get 50% off any of our tickets. Today, we're listening to Lijia Pena, uh, and Lizia is going to be talking to us today about legacy fundraising and some easy ways that you can get started. And remember, we've got our own legacy fundraising summit coming up on 28th of April. So please do join us for that and hear more great topics along the lines of what Lizia is talking about. Over to you, Lizia. And welcome to this session called 10 Ways to Start Your Legacy Program. My name is Ligia Pena, and I'm a legacy and fundraising coach at my own little company called Globetrotting Fundraiser. So today, what are we going to cover? Well, first, I'm going to smash a few myths about legacy fundraising. Then I'll cover 10 things you can do today to start your legacy program, either that are free or on a shoestring budget. And then I'm going to quickly go over um, what you can do to create the right culture for legacy success. So what are some of the biggest um, myths or misconceptions about legacy fundraising? Well, first and foremost is that legacy fundraising is difficult and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, while it's not necessarily, you know, a walk in the park sometimes, but Really, at the end of the day, your job as a, as a fundraiser is to engage um, in conversations with donor and inspire them to leave a gift in their will. And that is really it. Because as this is tied to the second myth, is that the second myth about legacy fundraising is that you need to be an expert, either a financial planner, an attorney, a solicitor, an accountant, whatever the case may be. And it's not true. Your job, as I was saying, as a legacy fundraiser is to engage with donors, to talk to them about um, what the organization does and how they can contribute. And if a donor needs more specific support, if they have specific legal or financial questions, then your job is simply to refer them to their own advisor. And so that makes it so much easier. That takes the pressure off of you. Another myth is that legacies are re realized decades later. And while that may have been the case 10 or 15 years ago, it's completely untrue because we've already started um, the wealth transfer that's happening from the civic generation to the baby boomer generation, which means that the older baby boomers, so the first, ba the first cohort of baby boomers are already starting to pass away. And so it's quite possible that by doing some data mining in your database, that you might find some of those um, donors in your database that perhaps are 
in that older cohort group. So it's quite possible that some of those legacy gifts might come um, to fruition rather quickly. Another myth is that good marketing focuses on organizational needs. And I think, you know, I think we've spoke, talked so much about donor-centric communications over the last few years that it's baffling that there's still organizations that focus only on their needs. They're very, very um, navel-gazing marketing. And it just doesn't work. It's not what donors want to talk about. It's not what... To, you know, inspires donors. So we need to stop thinking about focusing on organizational needs. The same way that we need to stop focusing on marketing that is passive. What I mean by that is where it just, it just is as if you're talking at people as opposed to engaging with them. So passive marketing that is really about the what and the how but not the why. And you really, really need to focus in on developing marketing materials, whether digital or printed, that is focused on why and on the donor. That's what works, not only in legacies, but in absolutely all kinds of fundraising. And lastly, the biggest misconception, which is probably what makes me go bananas every single time, is that legacy fundraising is only for wealthy individuals. And while it's true, maybe there are some of your major donors that will be interested in leaving a legacy gift as part of their own um, estate planning. But what, what we've observed for many, many years is that the typical legacy donor is that regular person that perhaps does not appear to have a lot of like cash wealth today, but has accumulated a lot of assets. And so they live a very normal frugal life, perhaps just giving to your organization a small amount on a yearly basis or a small monthly gift, but they're very careful with their, their finances and they have accumulated lots of assets. So that's what you need to be looking at. So what does it take? How do we, how do we, you know, move past all this? Well, first and foremost, we need to stop spinning our wheels. And we do that a lot in the nonprofit sector. So we need to have a long-term vision, which is incredibly difficult, especially right now at this point in time in our history. Um, every, a lot of organizations are really focused on the today and the immediate needs, but the future happens really, really quickly if you're not paying attention to what is coming down the pipeline in two years, five years. And we need to support continuous training and support. So, um, you know, what you're doing right now, you're taking part in this conference, you need to start, you need to continue developing your skills, your knowledge base, and, and so that you can be able to meet your donors at that place where they are so that you know how to handle all of these situations. Next, we need to pro properly invest our very limited resources. And I know that we don't have infinite resources in the nonprofit sector, and, but legacies have the lowest cost per dollar raise. So that means we have the highest um, a return on investment when it comes to um, the gifts. And so it just makes so much sense to invest in this because it doesn't cost a lot of money. And the 10 ideas I'll be sharing with you over the next 25 minutes will demonstrate how a lot of these things can already be done without a, big, without a budget. 
you also need to be creative and innovative. And so we need to use multi-channel approach to legacy marketing. We need to be comfortable with taking risks and stop doing legacy marketing or engaging with donors in the old traditional way. Donors are way more sophisticated. They're a lot more alert to what's going on in the world. And so we need to be there with them. And we need to bring value to donors. So we need to create long-term journey, donor journeys that will help donors realize their philanthropic dreams. And so through our organization, we can help them that uh, do that by having very personalized, tailored donor journeys that will bring them to that point. So... Why all this? Because there's a huge wealth transfer and it's happening right now. So we can't be wasting time. So first idea, first thing you can be doing, you need to get allies internally and externally because building your social capital is what's going to help you um, have a successful legacy program. You can't do it alone. You need to have people there that will support you both internally and externally. So identifying them, identifying those allies, whether it's the director of finance, a program director, obviously you would want your CEO and your ED to support you, but also at the board level and some of your biggest donors. You need to determine your internal potential. So looking at doing some data mining, digging into that and seeing who are the prospects, the donors who are probably ready for that legacy conversation. And then build your business case so that you know what potential you have and how you're going to deliver on that. So taking the time to do that planning can really help you get a leg up once you're ready to get going. Identifying prospects, because you're kind of wondering, okay, so who are these people? How can I find them in my database? And that's the foundation of your building your pipeline. So this is where you need to be really careful and attentive. So you want to look at your donors that are over the age of 55. Now, I can probably hear you say, okay, but Lisa, we're not capturing a date of birth. So how am I supposed to figure that out? Well, some quick tips on that. First, look at the names that we're typically giving to babies in the 40s and 50s. And so then do some searches in your database to identify those people. You can also look at people who are, um, you know, um, uh, who you still use Ms. or Mrs. as their prefixes. While it may not be 100% foolproof, it's an indicator of that. You also want to look at your long-time donors. So age is not the only indicator of being a prospect. It's donors who have been giving to your organization the longest. Why? Because they're the most committed. So whether they've given uh, an annual gift for the last 5 or 10 or 15 years, like they're there every year on the nose, then they're a prospect. It can also be your monthly donors who have been giving to your organization monthly for a long time. Those are great prospects. Um, if you call them at home during at home and the answer. Now, of course, right now during pandemic and a lot of people are still staying at home, it might be a little bit more difficult. But if under normal circumstances, they would be answering in the middle of the afternoon and if they are, um, uh, their voice quivers a little bit, then they are a prospect for you. A potential prospect. Of course, you still need to validate that information. And of course, also mostly women with higher education degrees will be prospects that um, those are the, the individuals with the higher the 
statistical predisposition to leaving a gift in their wills. Your legacy website, incredibly important element here because it's the front door to, to your legacy program. So you want to make it easier for your donors to find the information they need in order to write or update their will. So you want your web copy to be inspiring. You want it to focus on the why, not the what or the how. And there's still a lot of websites out there that only talk about the how, you know, uh, financial tools and the this and the that. That is not inspiring. That is not what gets the donor engaged and excited to leave a gift in their will. You might want to partner up with a will writing a digital will writing service. Now, it, it could be a little bit out of your price range, but explore the possibilities of that in your market. There's a lot of tools out there in different markets. And so do your homework to see which ones are being used by others and determine, do some demos and determine which one is the best tool for you. Do you absolutely need to have that in order to have a legacy program? Of course not, but it's just another tool that, that can help you get your, your legacy program going. You want to provide sample language. And so you want to make sure that that language is on your web page as well as as a downloadable. If you don't have sample language, you can head over to the resources page on my website, globetrottingfundraiser.com. And I have sample um, request language there that you can download. Um, of course, you do need to make sure that it's verified by a legal professional in your market so that the way the sentences are structured and the terminology that used is applicable to your legal system. So please make sure you do that first. And you want to capture web visitors by using a pop-up. So for instance, for the sample language, the bequest language, you might want to have a pop-up that comes up and that the donor has to enter their name and email before being able to download the language. And so what that does is it, it gets fed into your database, and then it gives you um, a prompt to follow up with them. So if they downloaded it today, then you might want to follow up in two or three days by email saying, hi, I'm your legacy advisor at organization ABC. Is there, are, do you have any questions that I can, I'm here to help you. If you have any questions, please do reach out, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so that gives you a qualified prospect in your database. Very easy, doesn't require an awful lot of um, technical knowledge, your web person would be able to, to do that very simply. Sprinkle a legacy messaging. So um, this I'm going to use an expression that my friend Jen Love of Agents of Good uses. And she says, sprinkle legacy dust all over your marketing material. So I'm a strong believer that you don't need to develop all kinds of different legacy brochures or all kinds of tools in order to market your legacy program. So what you can do if you don't have the budget or you don't have the knowledge in order to develop these tools then use what you currently are using to communicate with your donors. So when you send out an appeal, make sure you include a legacy message in your appeal in your PS at the, at the end of the appeal. In your bug slip or, or reply device, um, include a legacy story inserted in your annual appeal or, or, or whatever other appeals you send out. You can include that. That's about sprinkling the messaging all over the place. You might want to add a takeoff on a donation slip or even on your web page, like where your donation page, you might want to add a little takeoff saying, you know, please send me more information or please contact me with more information about leaving a gift in my will. 
those are way that, ways that you can acquire new donors, new legacy prospects. Storytelling, it's incredibly important. I know we talk a lot about storytelling and fundraising just in general, but it's even more so important when it comes to legacy fundraising. And your newsletter is a power to, powerful tool, whether you send it out um, um, traditionally uh, printed or if you send it uh, digitally. So make sure you can secure some real estate in your newsletter. Um, so whether even if it's just a small box and then negotiate, see, going back to those internal allies, make sure the comms and marketing people are your allies because you will need to negotiate having a little bit of real estate in that newsletter so you can start sprinkling that legacy messaging. You want to get testimonials. So if you're starting out, you're like, well, Ligia, where am I going to get testimonials? Go and solicit your board members. Ask them if they will consider leaving a gift in their will to your organization and then leverage their um, pledge for a testimonial. And so that gets their ball going. Go see some of your most dedicated donors and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And then ask them if they'll leave you a testimonial. Um, it's important also to tell stories of living um, donors who have agreed to leave, um, who have pledged a legacy gift, as well as past legacy donors. So if you were able to get testimonials from the next of kin, the family members of donors who have already left a legacy gift, then leverage that and tell those stories. So this is what's going to really inspire other donors because what they're, what's going to happen to them is that they're going to see that, oh, look, it's some Something that's normal. This is this organization really does this kind of uh, fundraising, and so I can also do it. So this is about normalizing that com that legacy conversation with your donors. And of course, you want to avoid at all costs. You want to avoid talking about the fiscal advantages of legacies. That is not inspiring. It just kills, absolutely kills your legacy marketing. Cross-pollination, and this is obviously a, uh, an immediate correlation with um, what we were just talking about, sprinkling legacy dust. You want to repeat the messaging in different places. So if you're using messaging in a certain way in your legacy news, in your, excuse me, in your newsletter, you want to continue using that same messaging in um, all of your, your marketing tools. So that um, on your digital, on your Facebook, on your website, you want to make sure that you cross-pollinate that messaging everywhere. I tapped into this um, a few minutes ago talking about board commitment. So another way to build your pipeline and for them to lead by example is to ask board members to committing to leaving a gift in their will to your organization. And so this is where you have to tag team with the executive director, the board chair, get that commitment there and then start doing that solicitation board member by board member. And so then that's, that helps you start building that legacy pipeline, but it also enables you to start collecting those testimonials. And then they can also help you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with donors. It's a great way for them to demonstrate that they believe in the organization so much that they'll even consider leaving a gift in their will. Um, so it enables collect stories and it builds trust with donors because donors will want to know that the board member believe, board members also believe so much in the organization that they'll also leave a gift in their will to, the, to your 
your org. And like I said, they can act as a solicitor um, with other donors um, so that they can also inspire other donors to leave a gift in their will to your organization. Next, retention. Legacies is a great retention tactic. So if your organization struggles with retention, so whether for uh, a one-time gift or monthly giving, then you can offer your labs donors your labs and donors who want to cancel their donation to consider a gift in their will. So let me explain. If, if someone stopped giving to your organization, and if you've been capturing the reason why they stopped giving, if the reason was only because of current financial hardship, then they can also, they can, you can engage in a legacy conversation with them because a legacy gift it is not taken from their cash flow today. It's taken from their assets. So something that is not currently tangible in terms of trading, you know, being able to have purchasing power today. So it's an interesting ta uh, retention tactic that if you, your, your donor care uh, um, um, uh, officers can use that when someone calls in to cancel their monthly gift or cancel, cancel their annual gift, you can, they can engage in that conversation with donors and say, well, have you considered leaving a gift in your will? And can we send you more information about gifts and wills to the organization? And so that's a great way to keep them in the family, in the organization family, but without actually having to continue being an active donor today for your annual campaign or your monthly giving program. Um, so it's a really, really interesting tactic to take on um, and to consider. Monthly giving is so important here. Um, monthly donors are your most committed donors out there, okay? They, I mean, it's completely irrational to give away some of your cash on a monthly basis to an organization, right? And so that's why they make the best prospects because they are so committed to your organization. So you want to send a special legacy appeal to your monthly donor. So you have to choose the right time of the year that would make sense for your legacy donors. So it might be perhaps in November ahead of the holidays, or it could be at another time. So you might want to look at other times that is that are important to your organization, perhaps as the you know anniversary of the organization. And that could be like a special legacy appeal to recognize um, their commitment and also recognize the anniversary of the organization. It's up to you to decide that and see when is a good time. It could be during will writing month whenever that is in your market. So choose that and then leverage it um, to your advantage. You might want to send uh, prospecting surveys, so mail, online, or through telemarketing. So again, on my resource page um, at globetrottingfundraiser.com, I have a sample um, survey that you can adapt and then send to your monthly donors so that you can gauge their knowledge and interest in legacy giving and then plot them in the pipeline and then move them along in there. And you can also offer a will preparation guide um, to, the, to your monthly donors as an, um, a value, like an, an added value that you give to your donors. And again, I have a sample of that on my resources page on my website. So head over to globetrottingfundraiser.com. 
And legacy giving should be part of the welcome pack. So if you're sending your, your, a new donor a welcome pack with additional information about the organization and ways they can give, you should absolutely introduce legacies from the first gift so that it doesn't become a complete surprise when you come to them and start talking about legacies in a year's time, two years time, three years time. So include a legacy messaging in your welcome pack. So it could be a message from a living donor or past donor so that they can start, again, it's that sprinkling legacy dust right from day one. If you start doing that today, you're already miles ahead from everybody else. So you want to put testimonials and stories from other donors so that they will start understanding and knowing that this is the kind of organization that they've joined, that your organization values so much their gift and their um, commitment that you want to engage with them for the long haul, not just for like the immediate cash that they can give to your organization today. So those are the 10 tips. But all of this can't happen if you don't strengthen your culture of philanthropy in your organization. And so how do we do that? So we want to share donor stories. You want to inspire colleagues by sharing why donors have left um, your organization, why donors have left your organization a legacy. And so you need to start talking about your donors and what they're doing and what their wishes are for the organization. And that's how you're going to um, be able to strengthen that culture of philanthropy in the organization. You want to debunk the myth. So go back to the six myths that I've brought up at the beginning of this session and start debunking those myths through storytelling in your organization. So by taking the focus away from you know, the death conversation, because that's what everybody thinks, that legacies is morbid, that it's all about death and all that. And it's not. And in fact, legacy giving is about the life you lived, that what the donor wanted, the values that were important to the donor through their lifetime and how those values are in, in line with the organization values. So you need to make sure that your colleagues understand why donors leave a gift in their will to your organization. And lastly, you want to make it part of absolutely everything. So present that long-term vision um, from the moment you acquire a new donor until the end. So that's what those um, long-term supporter journeys, donor journeys are so important because it needs to be, legacies need to be overarching everything that happens from day one through till the end. So really look at it as this is a marathon, it is not a sprint. Okay, you need to adopt that mentality for your fundraising program. So those are the 10 ideas, uh, the 10 ways you can start your legacy program and three quick, of course, you know, we could go on and on and on about what you can do to strengthen your culture of philanthropy internally. But those are some of like the most important ones as they pertain to legacy fundraising. Of course, if you have questions, if you want me to go over some of the concepts that I've covered and some of the ideas I covered, please get in touch with me. Um, you can email me at ligia at globetrottingfundraiser.com. You can uh, send me a message through my contact form on my website. 
I'm offering a free 30-minute coaching call to anybody that has uh, watched this, um, this session. And so just click, download the handouts and then click the links. They're hyperlinked. It'll take you to my Calendly and you'll be able to book that. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. All of these um, tabs are hyperlinked, so they'll take you to my socials. So I hope you've enjoyed this session. I wish you much success in your legacy program. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions at all. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the summit.